This podcast is brought to you by Lacrosse All Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is LAS Women, a brand new podcast brought to you by Lacrosse All Stars. My name is Cassie Brunel, and I will be your host, and I'm really excited to get started with this podcast, and I wanted to give a brief introduction and just call out a couple of things. First is the name, which is definitely a work in progress, so if you have any suggestions or comments on what we should call this podcast, please let me know. I would love to have the word lacrosse in it. I would love to have the word women in it. But uh, women's lacrosse just doesn't seem to be that exciting of a podcast name. Maybe it is. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Uh, The second thing I wanted to call out is that the format of this podcast is meant to be pretty conversational. It will be, you know, interview form with some other segments. And every episode is going to be a little bit different. But the format will evolve over time. And so if you have comments or feedback about that, please let me know as well. This first episode is with two of my best friends and former teammates, and it's very conversational, and we kind of just talk about the uh, experience we all had and the program we were a part of, and also kind of what we want to see out of this podcast. So, you know, it's going to be different every time, and we're going to evolve it. But I'm so glad that I have the opportunity to make this happen. And I'll definitely be targeting, you know, the people in my life that I know that are contributing to the game. But I also want to hear from people I don't know and really make those connections. So I'm located in Los Angeles. I'll be definitely working with people in Southern California as much as I can. And whenever I travel, try to connect with them as well. All right, before we get too ahead of ourselves, here is the first episode. Today I have two awesome women here with me, Miss Charlotte Huguenar. Oh, wow, thank you. And Anna Maria Carabini. Hi. So just to kind of start out, this is our pilot episode to kind of launch this new idea that I had and I came to you guys about a week ago to discuss. And my idea is to kind of bring together the women's lacrosse community in a way that doesn't exist right now in the form of mm-hmm. interviews and storytelling and, you know, getting to know each other um, through a podcast. And luckily enough, uh, Lacrosse All-Stars is willing to host that for me. And here we are. Nice. Woo! We're so excited. Let's so get started. it is the 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. And we are in beautiful Corona Del Mar, California, mm-hmm. at the home of me, Anna Maria, <laughs> or my parents. <laughs> uh, but this is where I'm from, Orange County, California. Uh, definitely the definition of West Coast, where kind of the growing of the game really is a big part of how I started playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister's four years older than me, and a friend of hers came from Coronado and said, hey, do you know lacrosse? They were at soccer practice. And she goes, uh, what is that? And then 
her mom and my mom um, got together and started the first girls lacrosse program and team in Orange County. And the club team came to my high school. And then I really benefited from that four years later. And then uh, my sister and Jessica Demarest, who played at Vanderbilt, were the two for the first two girls to go play Division One lacrosse out of Orange County. So kind of a good uh, grow the game little game little uh, story there. Nice. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte, where are you from? Yeah. So I'm from San Diego, California. I did not even play sports until sophomore year of high school. And I instantly was introduced uh, to lacrosse through actually all the male athletes for male lacrosse. And like really, who? yeah, well, like Spencer Peterson, Hayden Schutte, you know, shout out ex boyfriend at the time. What? <laughs> Hope you're doing well. Anyways, so. Oh, I thought you meant like professional. No, players. no professional. <laughs> no. All ex boyfriends. Okay. Long story short, anyway, so uh, lacrosse, uh, club lacrosse in San Diego wasn't that big of a thing back then, and actually I did, you know, went on the World Wide Web and did my searches, and there was a thing called Team OC, and that's a, it was like a subset of X-Team, which all women lacrosse players essentially know about X-Team, it was like this huge club program throughout the country, and uh, that is where I actually met Anna Maria. Our parents waiting in line to sign their kids up for Team OC and uh, introduce themselves. And then Anna Maria and I met each other. And that's kind of, uh, you know, where everything else falls through. And so it's like we, uh, she told me about St. Mary's. And I was like, hey, I might want to play lacrosse in college. And, you know, kind of just went from there. Yeah, so I think it's really interesting because we are all from, well, you guys are both from Southern California. I am from Idaho, and kind of non-typical areas for lacrosse, and not really, you know, what they call hotbeds for lacrosse. Now, I think, you know, at this point in time, so much is going on in California all around for lacrosse, Mm -hmm. and lots changed, and and we'll definitely be diving into that, Uh, but here we are, kind of, you know, a few years out of college, a few years out of our college experience, and um, still loving the game and still contributing to the game in the way we can. So kind of taking a step back, I think with this podcast, I think it's really important to remember that lacrosse has, what lacrosse has given us overall, Mm -hmm. which I think obviously is one of the most beautiful things is our friendships Mm -hmm. and the shared experiences we have. Um, so what are, like, when I came to you guys with this idea, what were some of the other threads and topics that kind of popped up for you as far as things that you think need to be out there, um, and, and talked about in the community and within the lacrosse world? Well, something you brought up was, gosh, I, when I grew up, I didn't really have anybody to look up to, you know, the people mm-hmm. that I was looking up to who were female, the people I was looking up to were, you know, the men's legends of the league. And it was in the men's game, you know, men's game. That's what we were looking to. And I go, yeah, the only legend I knew of was Jen Adams. And my sister said, until you're good at lacrosse, you can't wear two buns on top of your head. <laughs> so, I mean, that was always great to have her to look up to, but it's so true. There's so many incredible women's lacrosse, um, you know, players and athletes, not to mention like women and people who have gone on to do incredible things. And um, one area of this podcast I was really excited for you to explore was bringing to light how many incredible people 
um, are in our community. Mm-hmm. And one of those people I've been lucky enough to work with, and I hope we can get her on your podcast, is Holly Riley, mm-hmm. um, previously Holly McGarvey. And she played at Princeton. She's from New Jersey, played at Princeton, played two sports. One, I'm pretty sure, won national championships in both of those sports. She played lacrosse and field hockey. And then we got lucky enough, she came to St. Margaret's in San Juan Capistrano, and I was able to coach under her for a season and then do some youth lacrosse with her. And she, in my mind, is the definition of a legend. She not only was, is it still plays professional lacrosse. Yeah, um, she's in the WPL currently. She is. She played in pro the... Philadelphia mm-hmm. Fire, right? Yes. And yeah. um, she also has done a ton for the Orange County community and not only growing the game, but empowering girls. And a, a lot, many of her players are committed to play high-level Division One and are going on to play high-level Division One. and she's an incredible person. So that was something I was that really is important to me because it's important for girls to have people to look up to, but then also those people coming back into the communities and changing people's lives is really big. So Absolutely. I think there's so much to be said for the the women that you know have played this game and set records and won national championships and all that they're doing now to give back to the sport and i think that's such a beautiful thing that is like a cycle and it only makes those bonds and those ties stronger um like even though she's accomplished so much like that's she's never quitting and and yeah i would love to have holly on this podcast she's definitely top of the list um but what about you Shar? were there any like things that came to mind when yes. it came to you with this idea. So mine's mine's almost a little bit different. There's two things that I thought of when you were talking about this podcast. Two things that I was excited about, all positives. Um, one of which was the good and the bad of lacrosse and women's lacrosse and playing at a higher level of women's lacrosse. Um, so just kind of knowing that because I think at the time when I was, you know, entering into that level of higher lacrosse, I didn't know any of that and I didn't know any resources to seek out or to, you know, ask about. And so that was one thing. And like I said, good and bad, but all good as far as just kind of knowing like everybody's personal experiences Mm -hmm. and, um, what they liked, didn't like, you know, whatever it might be. And then on the flip side of things with this podcast, um, talking quite a bit about kind of youth lacrosse and what that looks Mm -hmm. like in different probably states, regions. Mm -hmm. And I know all of us have dabbled in coaching, um, youth lacrosse and kind of what that's been like for us as far as our individual experience and how that's impacted us as coaches and also impacted the youth that we worked with and how that's also grown the game. Absolutely. So that's been definitely the two things that immediately came to mind when I was like, okay, podcast, women's across, like this would be awesome to have out there. You know, if I were a listener on the other end, this is what I would want to hear Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And for you, I think it, it was awesome because you dove back into coaching mm-hmm. yeah. and I think it, would you say it like really reignited the passion in you? Absolutely. For the sport? I definitely, you know, and I don't think this is everybody's experience and that's what this is all about is sharing our own is, you know, I think I lost my passion when playing at a higher level and, um, but then diving into teaching and molding and experiencing youth and, and the excitement of women's lacrosse and girls lacrosse and like why it's so fun and just kind of the, you know, the ins and outs of all the fundamentals and things like that. It just really does exactly like you said, reignites your passion and it makes you super excited about it. And because you can see 
other people's excitement who had never even experienced a sport or known about the sport because their families had never known about it. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're introducing this completely new, you know, thing to them. And so 100%, it, it definitely, coaching youth has reignited and changed my experience with the sport itself and has made me excited about it again. And it's made me want to play again. Yeah. So kind of talk about a little bit of your journey with coaching youth in Southern California and now you're living in Arizona and that is a very different landscape so maybe you can dive into that a little bit absolutely so like as I mentioned kind of in the in the previous mention of my background is that when I was in San Diego growing up um women's or girls lacrosse wasn't necessarily a thing so club was kind of difficult to get into there wasn't a whole lot of background for it not a lot of support and so when I moved back to San Diego in 2013 and I would say got involved with lacrosse probably more 2014 um being part of a really big program and probably the biggest growing um and best coaching staff of San Diego at the time um in just girls lacrosse was pretty phenomenal because we had people driving, you know, 45 minutes from inland of, you know, the coast, just trying to be a part of our program. And, um, it's just been a really like overwhelming and exciting experience. And kind of the more excitement you get from others, obviously the more excited you get and you try to like seek out more resources and seek out more input. And, and also, I mean, I found myself Googling, you know, how to, you know, do the simplest things that I did in college because I just wanted them to know everything and I wanted to make sure that I knew everything I could to, you know, mold them into it because fact of the matter is I was never interested in anything growing up and the second lacrosse landed in my lap, like that was it and I was addicted and I was a lax rat and I would travel anywhere in the country just to play more lacrosse and so being a part of that program in San Diego is really special and actually moving out of San Diego, that was the hardest part of leaving San Diego. And then moving to Arizona, definitely a smaller, you know, commitment there. But um, as far as, like, how many people are playing lacrosse in Arizona, uh, however, on the flip side of things, everybody is very committed to lacrosse, so very high-level playing lacrosse. And I joke with the high schoolers playing lacrosse that I coach, and I'm like, you, they don't even realize that they're better than me. And I played Division <laughs> One lacrosse. I was like, you girls could whoop me on the field, and they don't even know. It. And I would never tell them that because I'm like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want their heads to be too big. But I was like, holy cow, these girls are beasts. And mm-hmm. so like, that's what's exciting to see, like these girls playing at a super high level and getting really into it, and like really dreaming big at a very young age mm-hmm. because I didn't have that. I started playing so late. So that's been my experience, and it's been super cool to see. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was kind of growing up in Idaho. Obviously, I did not have any knowledge of the sport, and it wasn't until my brother, you know, picked up a stick and started playing that I wanted to play. Like, as soon as he started playing, I was like, oh, I want to do that too. And there wasn't a lot of options. I remember, Mm -hmm. like, I played in fifth and sixth grade in this league with boys and girls, Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, super limited rules, um, like, no checking and everything Mm -hmm. like that, and we had these, you know, trainer sticks that... (laughs) The plastic ones? Yeah, 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 Yeah. I think so. And and then eventually, uh, my my, my mom got involved as well, Mm -hmm. and she took over my high school program um, when I was in eighth grade, and built that and and made it happen and we ended up winning the the state championship my senior year but bishop Bishop kelly bishop kelly (laughs) um and i mean amongst a limited number of 
uh, oh, pause. We have a, uh, like we said, it is the 4th of July, so there is a lot going on. We had to take a break. We found a secret gate that we didn't know about. Okay. Yeah, because it's 4th of July, so every, we're at this beautiful house, and everyone wanted to go watch fireworks, and we, yeah. Uh, Everyone's like, why are you being hermits in a room, like, <laughs> recording a podcast? And they're like, it's 4th of July, you freaks. Because we are dedicated, and we want to get this going. And we yeah. love nothing more than yes. lacrosse. Yes. That being said, for the July, <laughs> we um, continue. But it was beautiful. That was so cool how we found that little secret See, that cave. That was, cool. was super cool. Yeah. Now and I know. We were looking over the beach and the waves were crashing. Yeah. It was quite romantic. And I was, was like, all romantic. I want right now is my black stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we were thinking yeah, about. That's all I was thinking. Um, well, awesome. So... What should we talk about, guys? We've totally lost our... Well, Let's talk about our experience together. All three of us. Nobody knows our experience yeah, together. Yeah. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. So, we were all young 18-year-olds <laughs> who decided to go to St. Mary's College up in beautiful Moraga, California. Right? Yep. That's where it is. RIP, St. Mary's Across Division One Look Program. Yeah. Yes. They, that program no longer exists at the Division One level, mm-hmm. but we, They did very well at the club level this year. Yeah. We went to the national championship and got a did few they? rounds in. Yeah. Wow. Well, not national championship. They went to the national tournament and yeah. got a few rounds in, but it was good to see them doing well at yeah, that level. Yeah, I'm super... I would love to talk to those girls, especially the girls that experienced the when it switched mm-hmm. um, and how that would have been, like mid-career being like, oh, we actually are no longer sponsoring this sport at mm-hmm. this school. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you two feel the same, but I really feel like a strange... It's like guilt. It's like a combination of guilt and kind of sadness about like the alumni community and our program and really... Mm-hmm kind of being bummed like we graduated yeah. and we we all stayed so close together we're hardcore mm-hmm. gales women's lacrosse but as far as associating ourselves with the mm-hmm. college that we went to and that for me like was always kind of a sadder point I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys feel the same but like I was kind of bummed because everyone does alumni mm-hmm. weekend things like that and none right. of us took part in it I know I wish and you were big into I mean yeah anyway, you were big in the alumni community like and and or St. Mary's community in general as right. far as because I had um, a lot of my family members had gone to St. Mary's, but I wonder if this is something that other people can connect to who maybe didn't have great coaching experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. something that I don't think is really talked about in the sport. You know, there's incredible coaches out there at, from the youth level all the way to Division One, and now in professional lacrosse. And a lot of those girls play in the professional lacrosse leagues. Um, but a big... Um, but a big thing that I've connected to other girls with is, you know, when you've had tough experiences and they're great lessons, but um, but I think it does affect your how you interact with the school after. I know that I had some tough times with lacrosse and the coaching and it was really kind of painful at times and it was something that brought me closer with my teammates, but um, I know it made me have difficulty connecting with the program after the fact so that was something mm-hmm. really really bittersweet I was very proud that I played at St. Mary's um but difficult to go back even yeah. after that coach had left yeah and I think building those programs <laughs> sorry we just had 
an interruption, um, but we're, we're working through it. I'm staying focused as <laughs> hard as possible. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, but yes, I think there, there are a lot of different experiences out there and I hear from friends of friends of mine and that, you know, the great coaching experiences they had. Um, and you know, we had a different experience and, uh, you know, we'll definitely be diving into that more, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the interesting thing about St. Mary's is there is a lot of history within that program, mm-hmm. you know, with Diane Whipple mm-hmm. and uh, just the whole, how it all, all got started. It was mm-hmm. one of the, you know, first D1 programs on the West mm-hmm. Coast and how that evolved and, you know, now is no longer, but now there are these huge powerhouses coming mm-hmm. out of, the West Coast, yeah. USC. Now and, having the Pac-12. Yeah, with the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. From the MPSF. So that was huge. Huge. Huge changes just in the past four or five years. Um, yeah. And, you know, St. Mary's is a small school. We compete normally the in the West Coast Conference, which is mm-hmm. primarily smaller, um, smaller schools with, you know, great programs, mm-hmm. but... Um, it women's lacrosse was not. Yes, it's the a small school. We do have big sports thing. that bring in big money, but we weren't able to fund a huge program as you could compare it to a USC or you know Duke, um, UNC or like something like that. Yeah, or uh, yeah, yeah. Into. No, I think yeah. so. And I think there's. It would be interesting to dive more into that because I I don't know the history and I don't know how it got started. And I don't know, you know, obviously, we obviously don't know all the details of how it got shifted to mm-hmm. no longer being um, NCAA D1. So I think that's, that's, I don't know, I think that's an interesting history that I would be personally interested to find out more mm-hmm. about. And I think it'd be great, too, as this goes on, to hear more people's coaching experiences because, um, like, I know I'd, I've already said it, but, you know, when you talk to girls that have played you know you talk about okay where'd you play how'd you play and then and then it always gets down to hey who was your coach did you have a good experience and some of the best conversations and how I've become really close with someone instantly um which is such a lacrosse thing is you're kind of an instant friend with someone because it's something you you share but that coaching experience and so I think I would love to have you know, an episode dedicated to that. I think that'd be really cool. And mm-hmm. I think you learn a lot. And I think it's something for maybe a listener who is starting out playing, just knowing in that this is this is something you should be aware of. And I think it's nitty gritty. Like it's like, you know, you everybody tries to fluff everything around and it's like you have to know the ins and outs of D three, D two, D one, club, like in college and it's like and what that means and also professional and what that looks like and the pros and cons of everything. There's gonna, there's going to be pros and cons of mm-hmm. all of that. And the thing is, like, you don't ever focus on the cons. You just think about what can come from doing this thing, right? And like, you're, you, if that's your goal to play in college, right. like, you're gonna do whatever it takes to, but to your, get there. And that's your and, life. Yeah, and then you get to college, and it, it becomes. That's your identity. Your entire, yeah, your, the that's your college experience. Of who you are, mm-hmm. and that's what's crazy. It's like you can choose, like, to go. Play lacrosse or not play lacrosse in college. Mm-hmm. You choose to play lacrosse. What does that look for look like for you? How is your college experience different? And I think that so many people can speak to that, and especially people that we've met post college. Obviously, now being out for you know several years now, being like, what was that experience like for you, and why did you choose that, and what do you regret, and what do you not mm-hmm. regret? Mm-hmm. Because- and I think one of the greatest things about our class when we came in, um, I mean. It was such an awesome group of girls. 
Yeah, like, we lucked out. We got so lucky with not only just like the kind of connection I think we all had instantly, mm-hmm. but like the athleticism and then also just like all the things we went through and being such like an enthusiastic group as mm-hmm. well. Because um, I think all of us went in with the expectation um, that we were going to change the program. Yeah. yeah. And we were going to be the change. And even though we're small St. Mary's, the doormat of the MPSF, as some other recruiters would tell me, oh, you want to go to St. Mary's? The doormat well, of the MPSF. I was like, dang, right, I'm going to, I'm going to change that. But you that. already had pride for that program because your yeah. sister was That's there, true. Right? That's true. So was that a big reason that? I think so, but it was also to? like I've always been the underdog. You know, in school, in on teams, I've always I felt like I've right. never really been a natural athlete, but I've always loved that I if I work really hard, it makes a difference, and my teammates appreciate it, and my coaches do, and I think that's kind of what made me um, a benefit to any like a team. That was my strength. Yeah. And uh, I cannot wait in future <laughs> podcasts for you to talk about yeah, Italy, we'll everything uh, else. We'll, I we'll mean, there, that's but, a whole another story. Yeah. yeah. But, you um, being an underdog is you're an incredible player. But that was a big drive for me is like, well, you can be a some part of something and make a big difference because the MPSF, that was our place where we could have really you know, made if we would have mm-hmm. beaten a few of the teams, like that would have been a big deal. And unfortunately, it felt like there were there were, were parts, odds against you. There were odds against us and then we were out of our kind of set up for success and that was really difficult being a young female who was really confident going in and really positive and had a, having a group of girls that really positive mm-hmm. and had the talent but we didn't have the leadership was was pretty devastating and I think mm-hmm. we tried to be so positive for so long but and that's kind of hard too when you're trying to grow the game in that aspect and you have so much momentum and to have mm-hmm. small you need Small program things. backing. Program mm-hmm. backing. And it and you know what's really unfortunate is like I've talked to some girls who come from smaller D uh, like low level division one or smaller programs and they have family members that will support the program mm-hmm. and you don't always I don't know, I feel like if you get a good group of athletes and you have good leadership, you can go a far away. You yeah. know? Maybe not always a national championship, but you can make a you know well, and it's just about that alumni yeah. community, too, yeah. and, and maintaining those relationships and maintaining, yeah. like, the pride for the program and, and bringing people back into mm-hmm. it. And I think there was definitely moments where we we wanted that, and it, it just wasn't yeah. cultivated in the in the ways that, you know. And it's hard, too, because I think we all coach with people who come from big programs. Like, I coach mm-hmm. with, you know, girls yeah. from Syracuse or Princeton, mm-hmm. and, 100%. you know, and they're going back for their alumni weekend, and I'm like, you don't do that that's kind of tough but that is a benefit to lacrosse and something that's really great is um you know they they're able to see these now see these girls coached girls who are playing up in these programs and like that kind of cycle but we we don't have that experience and then all the programs don't exist anymore for us to even like yeah you know support I'm, i'm sure that's across the nation i mean when we were playing in um, from 2009 to 2013, it was during that time that Cal mm-hmm. lost a lot of funding mm-hmm. and they, their oh, program right. was going to go under as well as like, I think like gymnastics and some mm-hmm. other things. And to be, you know, it is a small community and we supported them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. They were able to luckily find the funding to continue their program. But growing up with a lot of those girls who were, f- and playing with them from San Diego right. and seeing them go through that, it was devastating. Yeah, I remember Top that. players too. Like just yeah, incredible athletes. In and, um... And that was really difficult, but it was really great to see the support of the community. Well, and I think that's what's so interesting because they were, this was Cal Berkeley who was mm-hmm. just over the hill from St. Mary's yeah, where yeah. we went to school. And we had we had teammates that had 
mm-hmm. siblings, siblings on the, on the team, team or yeah. or friends and um, a lot of close ties. So I definitely remember like feeling for them and and us maybe even trying to do something to support them, even mm-hmm. though they were obviously our Maybe it was opponent. like sharing a social media post, but that sometimes goes a long way. It does. <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely like in solidarity with, yeah, definitely. with that. And I think that's the essence of what everyone wants is people to sustain, the, yeah. like programs to sustain and grow and evolve right. across the board. And it, just because one, one program's doing well or something doesn't mean others can't too. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of how yeah. 100%. we should all think about how each of us are contributing too. So um, I think it'd be fun to talk about, you know, we met mm-hmm. our freshman year. We all entered into St. Mary's and we were at this athlete orientation. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Like ready <laughs> for anything. And... Right ready to have a great time and work hard and I remember getting to campus and I mean I was a little shy girl and I was very intimidated by everything and scared a little bit um but the older girls were like grab your stick like let's go shoot on the goal let's go you know shoot on Whitney or Mm -hmm. you know and I was like okay like this is happening this is life now Mm -hmm. and I remember that transition being I didn't know what to expect. I mm-hmm. like I had trained all summer. I had done the workout packet, but right. I didn't have anyone else that was from my hometown that mm-hmm. was doing what I was doing and that could really even like walk me through it or totally. talk me through it. Right. And I remember like I had like the sport of my friends and other friends that were going to play sports in college, but I was the only one going to play lacrosse and I feel like that's which common. is so much better than yeah. soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but dude, I feel like that's so common though. Like even now, compared to back then when we like two thousand nine when we were trying to go to college to play sports or right. to play lacrosse. Yeah. Now I feel like still there's a single like a girl who's graduating from high school playing lacrosse yeah. at a college and doesn't have the same sport like mm-hmm. they just it's still not there yet so something crazy because obviously this is not an issue that they have in most east coast states no. and um one thing that we're really lucky in california especially is that a lot of these high or high level division one lacrosse players are moving out to california and coaching high school yeah. and youth programs mm-hmm. out here so which is super awesome something that i benefited from Shout out to Summer Crabtree. I love you. She played at, she played at Princeton. And uh, she came out and came um, to coach at St. Margaret's and was really great. But um, there's St. Margaret's School. Episcopal in- School in San Juan Capistrano. Go Tartans. And, um, but another amazing East Coaster, um, she's, I forget her last name, but Coach Kate at Foothill. She coached her last season this season. And she goes, she, I got a text one day from a random number with a, bunch of other numbers on it and it was like hey we're gonna do summer um like pickup games it's like what no way you know I'm an old lady now 27 years old but I was like this is fantastic and you're not an old lady by the way that's okay but anyways all of these women that are in the WPL are (laughs) ranging right around our age it's awesome like we I think we always make jokes that we're washed yeah. up and that we, you know, could never do that again. And I see these girls Ray when I... Bush! Um, I see these girls when it's I'm for the children. watching, uh-huh. you know, college games, yeah. and I'm like, were we ever in that good of shape? I have no idea, but... No! Anyways, I'm just no. saying... Yeah. I'm just saying... Definitely not, think... because I would go out and play with these high school girls, but her biggest thing was, these girls are going to their, you know, college teams 
starting in whatever September or August, depending when mm-hmm. practices start. And they need to like have game experience. They, yeah. they need to get in there and start playing. And I was like, wow, this is such a foreign concept, like doing summer pickup games in, you know, yeah. in Southern California. So it's something as small as that. And um, and it's people that are keeping you in the loop, yeah, right? Keeping like, you in the loop and, you, it, and someone yeah. who's going to provide the goals and stuff like that. And that's just something that I've heard is more readily available and, on the east coast but it's slowly trickling in onto oh, the west absolutely. coast but it takes someone to make the initiative and it's and it's definitely hard but that's something that's super cool it's something small but it's something really important so that's not something that I had and I wish I had because mm-hmm. I always wish I would go you know what one of my favorite parts of lacrosse was going to some, like camp mm-hmm. you know traveling meeting girls blah 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 and I always wish I go I wish there was a camp for adults like you have them for the high school <laughs> students I wish I could go to camp even in college like I was like I wish I this summer could go somewhere where I could like start it be better and even now I'm like I miss camp (laughs) can I go so that was that was a cool thing (laughs) yeah anyways maybe there's a concept there we can yeah that would be fun we'll expand on listeners exactly stay tuned but uh but (laughs) yeah school camp yeah we could all stay in dorms and totally it could be like beverages. We'd all, we'd all beverages like to, are allowed. We'd all yeah. like to go like, back to colleges. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like that Tahoe tournament like a, concept yeah. or that Hawaii tournament yes. concept. But but less competitive, more like fun. Fun. That would be cool. I have a funny picture. I don't know if you can see it forever, and I brought it with me, and it's like not dramatic at all, but like Wait, I want to see it Charlotte is sharing a photo that yeah. she Yeah, so I wanted to share, brought. so. But you can't see it. Well, but we, we can, can post it. <laughs> well. So. And this shows our coaches at the time, Team Orange County, Team OC. Which, oh. And, of course, this is when I met Anna Marie, and she's the reason why I went to the college, oh. to St. Mary's. And I've had this, and I've, like, found it. Oh. And, of course, we're, you know, kneeling next to each other with our face paint on and everything. And this is Krista oh Samaras, gosh. and I don't what, uh her sister's name. I have no idea. at the time. But, we'll find out. Um incredible experience but like you see like i mean shout out beer um yeah sarah weber Weber. natasha markham yeah natasha markham girls like it you know really good group of people and it's like i found this picture and it's like i treasure it because this was over 10 years ago oh my gosh that's so cool i met you like and so so, (laughs) my hair was so long my hair was so short in this picture (laughs) so anyways just kind of like fun experience to like see like the you know, difference that a decade, a decade. that's yeah. a decade. And it's yeah. like, well, and I think, I mean, <laughs> that is kind of, this is perfect. Cause this is like the point I was trying to draw back to is that lacrosse is really the foundation for our lifelong friendships and relationships that we, yeah. um, we have today and that started with our incoming freshman yeah. class. Uh, and it's incredible that, just through everything and and changes and life changes and experiences outside of lacrosse how we've been able to maintain that and I I really I mean I I credit lacrosse for a lot of that for me like I'm so grateful for the game for bringing not just bringing us together but like giving us the experiences Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh and Um, I think you should fully devote a podcast to what does a day in the life look like for yeah five 
15 a.m. wake up call, like, you know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. And going from there, like, I or, think about that because or, people can relate yeah. to that. And or everyone's just, experience with actually missing that call and either missing one at practice yeah, or, or being something. late to practice. Yeah. I mean, or those like are the best memories. Freshman 15 and pure muscle yeah. and not fitting into jeans because of that. <laughs> like, it's just, there's a lot to talk about and a lot that people can relate to. Oh, and yeah. That's why I definitely want to talk to, idea. like, current players. Totally. That are... What's changed yeah. and what's important to them now because mm. it's different than what was important to us mm-hmm. then, you know? And what the expectations are, too. 100%. I think that's a really interesting thing to understand because I think that evolves as a player, too, as, like, you know, you're incoming as a freshman versus an upperclassman, like, yeah, your mentality shifts. Sure. So I'm, I'm curious about that, too. Um, but, yeah. It's a lot to talk about. There's lots of things to talk about. Don't forget about my international girls. Yes, that's true. And everything that's happening. So it's with with the United States and then just abroad and the goal of of course lacrosse making it into the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of countries out there that are also having those beginning struggles of um, Oh yeah. And it's growing teams and athletics. So cool. It'd be so cool. These girls are like just picking up sticks and yeah. and figuring it out, right. yeah. and, and then like, like gathering women. together, yeah. yeah. And they're like, let's do this and let's yeah. do this consistently and build a team, yeah. Right. And yeah, I think so. You're speaking to this because you have a whole experience with the Italian national yes. team for the for women's, yes. Um, which we will absolutely be diving into, um, and it's you know with the upcoming World Championships in Israel for the mm-hmm. men's side. And there's, you know, more teams than ever before on that side. So great. It's, it's it, the international growth of the sport, I think, is one of the things that I, like, I'm drawn to the most. Because I think mm-hmm. it's so cool that all these, like, cultures are coming together mm-hmm. and, and finding commonality mm-hmm. with the game. So, yes, absolutely. Dude, lots to explore. Yeah. So, yeah, this was just kind of meant to be a little nugget <laughs> of, uh, of who we are. Mm-hmm. And trying this out, and it's it's going to be a new thing that evolves. Well, we're so excited, and I think there's so much more to come, and just continue to grow this podcast as well as the game. And of all like questions and comments and feedback, like super encouraged. I'm sure yes, it's like absolutely. wanting to know like what doesn't exist out there already, and like let's freaking get it going, and yeah. like let's have some fun with it, you know, and. And let's have you just really dive deep into the world of women's lacrosse, which has not been explored. No, and I'm like, do we even know the history of women's lacrosse? Like, obviously, we know it's a Native American sport, but it's a totally different evolution from the women's side. Right. 100%. Yeah, there's so much. I was like, Trying to do some uh, like trivia. Yeah. Of, Dude, like, if you did trivia with me, I would <laughs> know would nothing. I'm so confused. Bad. What's even a rule nowadays? Oh, yeah. Do I have to wear a full mask? I'm confused. Yeah. No, so, I, there's, I know there's a lot to clarify yes. too. Yeah. So, a lot I of think, fun shit. Yeah, I think it's, it's good. I'm excited about it. Well, thanks for having me, Cass. Yes. Thank you guys Thank you. for being here. Thank you for Happy having Fourth us. Happy 4th of July. I hope you all had a good 4th of July. This is how much we love lacrosse. 4th of July. Talking to you suckers. (laughs) Yes. All right. Thank you, guys. Love you. Do you? Yeah, I love you. Oh, I love... Oh, you're talking about me. I thought you were talking about the listeners. Oh, yeah. I love all the listeners. If you're listening, 
that's a lot. Realistically. Well, I love you. I'll you love us more. So there you have it, our first episode. And thank you so much for sticking through it this long. I really kind of wanted to do a quick fact check on a few of the items that we were discussing because we were not well researched in every aspect of what we were talking about. So I wanted to make sure I brought clarity to a couple of things. So like we said, we went to St. Mary's College of California, which is in Northern California, and was the second Division I program for women's lacrosse in California. In 1999, a woman named Diane Whipple was named the first head coach at St. Mary's College, and she was an amazing lacrosse player and coach and just an incredible woman. She played at Penn State. She was a Hall of Famer. She was a National Player of the Year, played for the USA team, and was just incredible. And, and you know, then she was living on the West Coast and, and contributing to the game down in Menlo Park and then got uh, named the head coach at St. Mary's. In 2001, she was tragically killed at her home in San Francisco. It was actually a pretty widespread news story that she was mauled actually by a dog and it's horrible and awful and unexpected obviously but one thing about St. Mary's Women's Lacrosse is that we really did what we could to keep her legacy going forward. There was an area near the stadium that was named after her. We had an award each year that was uh, given to a player who exhibited just the best spirit and Um, integrity of the game and it was really in her honor so I just wanted to call that out as a story that was pretty well known in the lacrosse community Uh, and now it's you know been almost 20 years and uh, her name definitely lives on and like we mentioned St. Mary's women's lacrosse was reclassified at the end of the 2017 season to be a women's club sport and they did make it to the WCLA National Tournament, uh, the Division One uh, section, and got 13th overall, which is awesome. And I'm so glad that they are finding success. And I would love to hear from any of those girls that kind of went through that transition period and what that was like. And I think it's really important for those of us that were a part of that program to remember that we were a part of something that was really a pioneering on the West Coast for lacrosse overall, not just with the women's game. And that's really cool. And, you know, we've all had our own experience with experiences within that program and sharing those stories and maintaining the history of that program is important. So we should definitely keep having those conversations. And obviously this is important to me personally, but I think it could resonate with others out there who have gone through program shifts or just want to know more about the history of lacrosse across the board. Something else I wanted to mention that we talk about is the time when Cal Berkeley almost had their women's lacrosse program cut, and that was in 2011 when it was announced that they were up for um, the possibility of no longer having a program. And the community really came together. Those girls did a ton of work, and they were able to save their program. And I I don't know the details of all of that, but I just wanted to call that out, that that was in 2011, 
their head coach was Teresa Sherry, who is the founder of Tenacity Project, which is based up in the Bay Area as well and doing phenomenal things for young women in sports. Uh, And I would love to dive deeper into that a little bit on the kind of college athletics side. I just, I don't know all the details, but I just kind of wanted to call it out as something that happened and was really awesome that they did not lose funding for their program and that that program lives on. We also mentioned the shift from the MPSF to the Pac-12, which the MPSF still exists. It's the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. But the Pac-12 now consists of six women's lacrosse programs this side of the Mississippi, and that is Cal, Berkeley, uh, Colorado, Boulder, Oregon, Stanford, USC down here in lovely Los Angeles, and Arizona State University. My last fact check item is uh, when my friend Anna Maria is talking about the amazing Holly Riley. She mentions that she played uh, both field hockey and lacrosse at Princeton, which is true. She did not win a national championship uh, during her collegiate career, but she did win two gold medals uh, on Team USA at the FIL World Championships in 2009 and 2013. So there you have it. That is our first episode. Thank you for tuning in this far. And if you have feedback, suggestions, comments, questions, anything, please do not hesitate to reach out. You can reach me at Cassie, that's C-A-S-S-I-E, at laxallstars.com. You can direct message us on Instagram through the Lax All Stars page. And you can find us anywhere where podcasts are streamed. So thank you for your time and thank you for being a part of this. And let's continue to grow the game in all the ways that we can.